Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. And I'm Jeff. And this is Pain in the Techus. We are back, baby. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, very excited to be recording once again. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about the... I am so bad at this. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Tesla uh, issues that have been surrounding Massachusetts and their right to repair law that they passed uh, actually several years ago now, but it has been kind of bubbling up as of late. So uh, most of this episode is going to be Jeff because I don't know anything. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and try and tee him off here. What do I need to know about the Tesla stuff? Sure. Um, it's really, um, being that, uh, Massachusetts has spearheaded the right to repair laws, which some other states are looking into, but nobody has enacted other than us. Um, that is suggesting that you as a consumer have the right to repair and have all of the information available to you to make repairs to your vehicle. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and that's in response directly to Tesla basically voiding uh, warranties if people repair their own shit. Well, they don't even tell you how to do it. Like there, there was no information on how to replace a body panel, no information. It had to be sent to one of their certified shops. Um, so, what they did in mass uh, before this was passed is they pulled all their um, storefront dealerships as in order to try to prevent from being under the umbrella of Massachusetts. Oh, so they, they like pulled saying, all their stores out of Massachusetts. Like saying, we don't sell cars there, so you can't make us do this. <laughs> um, which... Wow. You know, isn't going to fly because you can still order them online. It's not like, you know, um, so there was that portion. And, um, so finally, I guess a couple of these links are, so there's one from the Tesla motors club, which is not, which doesn't have anything to do with Tesla. It's just, you know, a, a forum. Um, they, they don't allow any, the only, repair information that they give is for body panels and other items. There's no information about the electrics or how to do anything like that, which is basically pointless, essentially. Um, there's also a couple ad advertisements, advertisements, articles regarding the rogue <laughs> Tesla mechanic. Um, they call him the Dr. Frankenstein of Tesla. Um, he is a YouTuber called Rich Rebuilds. And he basically uh -huh. wanted to buy one. So he kept looking for scrapyards and being like, well, I'll just repair one. And then realized that nobody had any information about how to repair them. Okay. Yeah. So I think I've heard of this guy before. Yeah. He's, he's been on vice and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so anyway, so he, he just goes to junkyards and pulls parts off of cars. I just found out today. This is like even more damning. Uh, he teamed up with this guy, Phil in San Francisco who is a mad scientist with <laughs> electric vehicles. Um, so this right here is like the killer in Rich's video. Phil explains that one of the more common issues with used and salvage model S and X stems from something called the EMMC, 
This is a chip that is used in the media control unit to log Linux data from the car's infotainment system. It's separate from the vehicle's other data logging functions and isn't used by techs. The problem is this chip has a, chip has a finite number of times it can be written to before it fails. And Tesla software does so much logging to the solid state chip that it fails within a couple of years. When it fails, the car's MCU won't boot. And that means the owners can't use climate control, navigation, or even drive the vehicle outside of limp mode. What the hell? So they basically made their cars unusable after a couple of years. It's a built-in kill switch. Kill switch. Yep. Well, not even it's it's planned obsolescence. Correct. Yeah, it's like your your iPhone five user phone slows down and they have to go out and get a new one, or your you know Samsung Note four or whatever. Do you know when Maine passed the uh, right to repair law? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, it was it was enacted in 2012, but has only recently started to be an issue, mainly because you know legislation gets put in, put in it doesn't get enforced immediately. So, right. Interesting. So Tesla, uh, in their world, they wouldn't even want third party mechanics to touch their cars. Correct. Well, it's like BMW and Mercedes and those types of cars were for so long. You did not have access unless you went to the dealer to like, cause you, you know, you get those, one of those code scanners or you get your code scanned at AutoZone or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. That code scanner is just a general information. Like it just tell, there's like a list of like 500 codes and 20 of them mean one thing to that scanner. It, it, it's not, it doesn't break it down for you. Whereas if you scan it with the BMW tool, it says, this is exactly what is wrong with this car. So at the third party dealer, so now you can go to BMW as a, as a third party shop and request the, the repair information and the computer that scans all the codes properly. We're not going to say that it's cheap, but it is available. Do you know anything about how that was changed for like the other OEMs? Um, how do you mean? So like, other car manufacturers, yes, they publish this information. People have machines, like you're just saying, um, that you can read the codes. Obviously, like you said, the BMW dealer has the machine that can read every single code. You can buy something that does maybe 80% of those. Right. Uh, but what was there? was there a point in time where the other, you know, your BMWs, your Chryslers, whoever, um, where they were kind of behaving the same way that Tesla is now. Well, realistically, like even when I had a Nissan, uh, you could hook up the code scanner to it and it would give you a general idea of what was wrong. But if you took it to the dealer, they could tell you specifically, you know, there's just, there were just less sensors then. And that's what it comes down to at this point. Um, you know, there's ABS brake sensors. This like on the car that I have now, there's a sensor on each wheel. There's the TPMS sensor, the tire pressure monitor. There's um, a sensor to tell the computer if it's working right. Like it's, I mean, there's, there's so many more sensors because of the massive computing power of these cars now that even remote, like it's just not, monetarily feasible to as a person as a consumer Mm -hmm. to just 
say, we'll just replace all the sensors or replace whatever that says, you're looking at, you know, $2,000 to not even replace what the actual problem is. Right. And so that becomes a problem as a consumer that no matter what you do to this car, it never gets fixed because it's not giving you the correct information. Um, gotcha. So, so you're saying this is becoming more of a problems across the board as computer well, cars was, yeah. become, what do you mean? Well, well it was because there are very few manufacturers. Like I know specifically because I go to a BMW Mercedes shop that they have the tools they can, they can go to BMW and order. It's, it's a handheld device. That's $20,000 mm-hmm. that holds all of the codes in it. And you plug it into your car and it tells you like everything where it came from, you know, like when it's birth date was off the, the, uh, the factory, the, floor, the yeah. whole thing, you know what I mean? And this, so that's available. And if cars like that, make it available for you, then there's no reason for Tesla not to do the same. And they have not completed that yet. So obviously as a starting up shop, like a third party shop, you're not going to go out and drop 20 grand on this thing. But by the same token, you're not going to be able to fix a brand new Chevy either because they're, you know, they got sensors up the wazoo as well. So either way. So I guess my question is kind of what is, what is different between the traditional car car manufacturers and Tesla? Is it just the attitude of leadership in the company or? Um, personally, I think it's actually a couple of different things. Um, I wouldn't, it would be remiss to say that it wouldn't, you know, your suggestion wouldn't be true because there's definitely, I mean, they've already given away all the information about how to how they made their electric cars and what they did to their batteries. They've already released all that information. So it's not like that's a secret anymore. Right. But um, you still have to put that together in a package, you know. And um, But I think the real problem is safety. Um, these are high voltage batteries, high, you know, uh, high amperage. That, that's not safe. Not, not every Joe can go... And into that thing and and get out come out with their lives the um even the guy uh rich repair he knows that one day he could have an explosion or something whatever he's doing may mm-hmm. may cause a problem for him because he's down and dirty in these things right and the and that's that's the other problem if you don't give people information and they start exploring and then their cars blow up like you know obviously you're at fault because you went in there without the information, but nobody gave it to you either. So it's like, you know, it's like a six, six of one, half dozen, the other, um, being that I am the lucky, uh, owner of, and have been of a few different BMWs. They were definitely, they would have been in violation of this before 2012, but they, uh, have made available, their documentation and their tools to be able to scan their cars to uh, be able to tell you what's wrong with them. That's that's not to say it's inexpensive, but the the tools are available for third party mechanics to get a hold of and therefore fix your cars. Uh, Tesla has not really complied fully with that as of yet. Okay, so this isn't just Tesla that we're talking about that was kind of holding things back 
in terms of uh, giving everybody the information that they need. It was everybody. Correct. Before this, yeah, before this was passed, it, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that could fix your car as OEM um, that wasn't the dealer. Okay, but now, have all the other traditional manufacturers gotten on board? The only one holding things back is Tesla? As far as I'm aware, yes. The um, I know for a fact that BMW and Mercedes-Benz, which are obviously two of the strongholds in the high-class car list, are um, do not have a, an issue with getting that product available to the third-party mechanics. And so this is a law that was passed in 2012, Massachusetts. Um, and so, like you said, uh, the other manufacturers have sort of fallen into line. But what's going on with Tesla? Um, well, they recently have released, I think it was the end of 2018, according to a few articles that I've read. Uh, the end of 2018, they started making available the repair kits or information rather repair information for the body panels and things of that nature in case the car was in an accident uh, but it does not include information about the systems within to make the car work via the uh, central processing unit and the uh, uh, ecm um, engine management control stuff like that um, um. So let's see. So you have uh, this problem going on with Tesla not really wanting to give up the secret formula, basically. Um, yeah. And so what if, I mean, they, they have to comply with Massachusetts law, don't they? Well, as long as enough uh, consumers kind of band against them, they'll, they'll have to do something about it. Um, but the other kind of issue is that they also have no defense against people doing what they want because they aren't complying. So folks like uh, Rich Benoit, who is um, Rich Repairs on YouTube, uh, and he's been in the news multiple different times. He's been on vice.com uh, and for interviews and things, but he essentially has created his own scrapyard of Tesla's and uses his friend's shop to attempt to repair them and he's doing it because we don't have support here in Massachusetts for that so it's kind of like obviously he's getting paid for sure but um, he's kind of doing it to explore himself about how the the cars work originally he was looking at buying one and he wanted to get a used one but they're they don't really sell them used because they're usually just completely broken at that point. So he bent, he went like kind of hell bent on figuring out how he could get one that was used and then make it work. Okay. Um, so can you get into that uh, a little more deeply? So what, what happened when he went to go and do that? Um, so he's basically cobbled a bunch of Tesla's, together for parts in order to make it work together the problem becomes that the cpu or uh, mdu i forget what they call it specifically 
um, they do not, um, they do not, Tesla does not allow reflashing them from another device. So you can't go to a repair shop, pick up a new, or a, a let's say a salvaged one and put one of the other computers from another car into it. it it's not allowed to do that because it's, it's kind of like a computer. When you take a computer apart or your motherboard dies or something of that nature, that has a certain signature according to the operating system, Windows, Macintosh, whatever it is. You can't just go ahead and get any old motherboard and put it in there and expect everything to work properly. So they, even though it's their own car with all their own parts, they still do not allow that to be flashed to work with the car in question. So you're saying that, so in the case of your, your scenario that you're, that you're lying, laying out, uh, you know, for instance, I go and I replace the motherboard in my computer because that part died. Um, and when I try to boot it back up, you know, Windows 10 is pretty good about drivers. So it boots the thing up, but the licensing goes away because Microsoft sees that the a significant amount of your computer has changed, the motherboard, that's, you know, basically what runs everything so yeah uh that's changed so they have revoked the license that it was associated with my build so you're saying that right tesla is basically doing this to their own hardware in order to prevent people from being able to repair their cars it seems as such yes that is interesting um so so rich put together a car from scraps, right? Um, yes. Is there anything that Tesla is trying to do to stop him or? Well, from what this article says on Vice, um, for example, they say in 2016, Tesla disallowed a former employee to open a repair shop in, De- in Denmark that would fix fix broken Teslas, but this is, you know, this is Massachusetts. And for some reason, since 2012, we're ahead of the curve and they have not gone after him as far as I can understand, because he's pretty well known in the community at this point. Yeah, but he's not, uh, he's not charging people to repair Teslas, is he? I would imagine so. So my understanding based off what you told me before was that he was uh, he was kind of just doing this for himself, but that's not the case. Not anymore. No, he, he was doing it for himself to figure out how they worked and get two cars into one to make them one car. But now he does it for other people. So he, he creates a, he's got a scrapyard. So he's got all these electronic parts that he knows are going to fail. And then, ships them out to people whether he replaces them or not i'm i'm not exactly sure but i'm sure that he they pay for that service of getting the parts you know um so when we were talking before the show uh you were telling me about the the chip on board the car that has limited amounts of rights and uh at that point you know 
I'm not I'm not doing a very good job at articulating that, but maybe you could help. <laughs> um, I really took this from this is a uh, CNET article where they talk about where Rich, uh, this Rich Repairs guy, has gone to San Francisco to visit his friend Phil. They do not mention Phil's last name, uh, which I found interesting, but um, he explains a couple of common issues with the used and salvaged S and X models of Tesla. And one of them is called the EMMC. And that is a chip that is used in the MCU. That's what it is, not MDU, MCU. Um, and it logs data from the infotainment system. Um, this is also what takes the information from Tesla and writes it to the car. If they upgrade your gas mileage or whatever, that's, that's what this does. Um, the problem is that this EMMC chip has a finite number of times that it can be written to. Just um, like any flash before it fails. Exactly. Um, and what he says is that Tesla software does so much logging to this solid state chip that it will fail within a couple of years. Um, and when it does fail, the MCU won't boot up, which means you can't use climate control, nav, or drive the vehicle outside of limp mode, uh, which makes it a very big paperweight. So what happens when your EMMC chip dies? Well, this is where Phil goes on to say that he's created his own channel where it will take the MCU from the customer and replace that chip. So he's found how to do that on his own. So it sounds like, and I'm pretty sure it's obvious that Phil uh, doesn't have a last name because he is outside of mass, so he's probably not as protected as Rich's. Right, right. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and kind of alarming. So I guess, Mike, will, will Tesla not replace that chip? Or is that, you know... Um, it says the, the service is essential because Tesla won't fix this outside of warranty. And they don't sell the components to repair to the issue to customers. So if you never so touch your car, if you don't buy the, or if yeah, if you don't buy the extended Tesla warranty <laughs> and you're outside of the, whatever, however many years it is, they won't place it. Well, anyway. That's bananas. Yep. Because you know, I, I mean, obviously an electric car is different from your, uh, combustion engine vehicle in that, you kind of do have a finite life to the batteries that run the car. Um, of course. But, you know, people will run their combustion engine vehicles for 20 years. Uh, are we basically just saying that the, that that world is over? Because, I mean, we really are, in, in some respects, we're going to EV everything at some point, I have to imagine. Yeah, it is kind of worrying because if you're talking about buying a $80,000 car every three years, that's not really in everybody's budget. No, that's not sustainable for most people. Right. Um, and so these S, the S and the X models of the 
uh, uh, you know, Tesla uh, S and X models. Those are the two older models that they have in their line, right? So right. that means that those two units or those two vehicles uh, will be the they will be seeing this issue start to crop up. I would imagine in the next couple of years. I mean, this this uh, how long? Well, he do- he doesn't say he doesn't say like how he's gotten to this information, this mm-hmm. Phil guy. So I'm curious if he's decided to like test it himself and do rights to the chip to see how long it takes to fail and maybe kind of goes from there. Um, because it doesn't say specifically that, you know, he's had 20 people come in with their broken threes and or broken model S's and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, and it says nothing about the three. Right. But that's relatively new at this point. So, hmm. well, uh, so so I kind of want to lead into where I mean, where do you think that the future of this goes? I mean, what is, I mean, right now the only safe place is Massachusetts. Have we seen any kind of legislation across the rest of the country? Um, are there, you know, do we think that other manufacturers are going to start to go in the direction that that Tesla is, or? I think that, um, so a couple of, I think a couple of points on that. So I don't know that another, unless you have another new car manufacturer that's doing EV, you're not going to see that like people going back on, do you know what I'm saying? I don't think they're going to take the BMW i8 that's been out for however many years at this point and then go, yeah, you know what? We're not, we're changing this and we're not going to give you all that. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. But so right now, uh, BMW publish the same kind of spec sheets that they do for the i8 and the i3 as they do their traditional vehicles. Yeah, you can you can go into my dealership and and my dealership, my uh, third party, and they can t- check that car and figure out what. They may not be able to fix it because they don't have EV tools, but they will at least be able to hook that tool up and say, oh, this is what it is. But you still have to go to the manufacturer to have it repaired. Well, potentially. But hopefully we're thinking it's about... Different than, it's different than an exhaust, you know what I mean? So, Sure, sure. Um, but I think, I hopefully, as we continue to have the the world of cars kind of move toward more electric vehicles that your mechanics are just going to become more like computer engineers. You know, they'll be more inclined to work with electric vehicles as those become more prominent or they'll just have to go away. Oh, for sure. The, I think that generally the attitude of the company uh, being Tesla is that because they kind of have a, you know, think of, think of the high end, like now is like something like a Maybach or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so they have kind of a stranglehold on the most expensive car you can buy and look cool thing or whatever. Right. And Tesla is that for EV right now. Um, they basically dump all over everybody that does any other type of EV because theirs is the best and they've spent billions of dollars with on the technology to make their batteries do all these things and blah, blah, blah. 
And, but that's not helping anything really. Um, I mean, I guess it's selling them to somebody, but it doesn't like, it doesn't make me feel good about them as a company, just taking a dump on everybody else. Um, where, because they had that, they talked about the, what was it, the Nissan Leaf? Nissan Leaf came out and they were like, yeah, there's no cooling in the batteries. There's no heating in the batteries. So it's garbage and so on and so forth. But the problem is, is it's um, $60,000 less than your car. So, you know, you, you can't, you got to take that with a grain of salt and they don't do that. They just come out and bash everything. Yeah. I mean, the the problem though with the leaf is that the range was significantly less than what you can get in any of uh Tesla's range of models and i mean i, I hear what you're saying that you know it's like you said it's $60,000 less than the the S is uh off the line but i feel like in order to get the performance that the average person needs uh out of a vehicle you know 300 miles more or less uh you need to have the kind of performance and range that a tesla has so however (laughs) however the average person cannot afford the tesla (laughs) no and i agree with that and i think that it's that, that that becomes the problem really so what happens so well, what, like we said earlier, uh, Tesla open sourced this information and and the, the battery tech right. to kind of I don't know that they their their thought I don't think was to democratize the information uh, because it hasn't no clearly um, that's what we've been talking about this whole time but it does right. give other manufacturers the ability to essentially compete at the same level as Tesla. Correct. So shouldn't we be seeing other manufacturers that had the scale already start to bring vehicles out that are using that Tesla tech um, being able to bring it to the market at a lower price than Tesla is? Um, well, on t- I think on two fronts, that's... Um... pipe dreamy uh because uh, number well really number one is that they only let it loose like three years ago at this point and they researched their cars for i don't even know how long so saying that just because company a has a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna you know, I think most of most of these large manufacturers are just doing EV and they're just doing one car just because they have to. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, well, what do you mean by that? Because you're um, saying that they have to make an electric vehicle because that's where the future is, and so they're they're doing that because they're checking a box for their shareholders and for the consumer market, or. Um, yes. And, um, they're doing it because it's keeping them in line with the requirements of the government. Right. 
if you check if you check a box that says I have one vehicle with zero emissions ever, you know that's that's going towards the good of your other vehicles that may not have such great <laughs> ratings. That's fair, but don't. I realize that there are some vehicles that don't uh, they don't really apply when it comes to the vehicle emissions laws. Um, that were set forth originally by the uh, Obama administration. And uh, we don't need to get into where that's all headed since then. But uh, there are, like I said, there are cars that do not apply to that. But isn't the whole idea that not on the average, but every vehicle that comes off the line in 2021, whatever the, whatever the rule is, has to be, has to have at least uh, 30 miles per gallon average uh, fuel economy. Not not that right. your entire line has an average of uh, 30 miles per gallon. So does, the, does having an electric vehicle really help to buoy some of the higher uh, fuel guzzlers that they might be selling? Um. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's hard to say because the, the cars that do and the companies that do have their electric vehicle, most of them don't even have cars that are too high, I would say. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Nissan has uh, their pickup truck, so that's probably the worst one. But otherwise, I would I would venture to guess that the rest of their cars are around 30 miles per gallon, if not more, especially on the highway. Um, Whereas places like Chevrolet may be a little bit more in trouble. Well, they have the Volt. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, but that's a combo vehicle. Um, So I'm curious if that counts. Uh... That's a hybrid. It's not a, electric vehicle well didn't don't they have the bolt then that's a that's a true ev oh that's true yeah so I don't, I'm, I'm curious how that stacks up but i just think that um it's a lot of pressure from big oil um you know all these car companies have been surviving on their money for quite a long time and not necessarily specifically their money but people buying it because that's what they want right they don't want to have to charge it after 300 miles and wait a whole day before they can drive again yeah. or whatever. And, you know, I think that um, that's a fair complaint. Yeah, of course. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be hard to progress since battery technology. I mean, you think about alkaline AA batteries, you know, I bet you if you put them in a remote, if you if you could somehow cryo freeze Duracells from the eighties and them now, it would still last the same amount of time. It's not like they've yeah. The chemistry really... has not changed very much in the last twenty no. years. One may even say so, it probably hasn't changed at all. Uh, we may so, have learned a little bit more along the way. For the most, chemical reactions have stayed the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but obviously, you know. The uh, Tesla's found a way to get as much 
performance, uh, efficiency out of these batteries as is you know humanly possible, at least to our knowledge at this point, and bring something oh, to yeah, market sure. that, if people could afford it, would satisfy their needs. Correct. So it'll be really uh, interesting to see where things go from here in terms of people's ability to repair those cars at places other than Tesla stores, which you said before the show uh, don't exist in Massachusetts anymore. Correct. Their their own stores do not exist, but they they have certified mechanics. So those are the only places that you can take them, and that's specifically for body work only, as far as I understand. Okay. So what happens if you're? What happens if uh, you know something more serious happens? Is the car just totaled? Um, from what I was reading on that Rich Repairs article. Uh, it seems like most of those cars that are in those in the position in the salvage yards is because the insurance will not cover them being replaced anyway. Gotcha. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's a complete write-off. Effectively at that point, total. So correct. I, and it makes sense, you know, if if you have damage to one of the battery units, then that could set off a chain reaction. We've all seen what happened to the car that Richard Hammond flipped over on on the Grand Tour a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, because he forgot which one was the brake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's true, but you know the the fact of the matter is that if a car gets totaled in my in my care, um, I can just buy it back and fix it. With the Teslas, it seems to be a lot more difficult. Well, uh, on that on that uh, terrible disappointment, I <laughs> I think it might be time for us to end. Uh, I am so glad that we've been able to do this again. Uh, I hope that we're going to be able to do it some more. We're going to be bringing new episodes over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jeff. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh boy. Um, well, I run a website and a Facebook page called Half Fast Gaming. You can find me there. Um, and that is usually where I'm where I'm at now. Cool. And I am It's Shivi, spelled phonetically on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.